0: Good morning. We'd like to welcome you to our service. Those are here in the sanctuary and those watching online. We'd like to welcome you. And we hope that wherever you are, that you are ready to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, because he is alive today and every day. So we should have no reason to not want to worship him. Even though we see our circumstances, he is above any circumstances that we have. So we can praise the Lord in all that we go through. And Psalms 91 verses 1 Therefore, it says this, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the daily pestilence. He will cover you with the pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. Let us pray. Our Father, you are great, you are awesome, and Father, you are our fortress. And Father, we need you. We need you not just in times like this, but we need you every second of every day. And Father, even in times like this, uh, Father, maybe these are times that we need to depend on you more, but Father, I pray that we would be a people for us who know you as Lord and personally, that we would bring hope to a dark world, a world that needs hope, a world that needs a Savior. Father, pray that they would see Christ in each one of us. Father, I pray for our service this morning. We pray, Father, that you would get all honor, glory, and praise. I pray, Father, that we would see no one who is up here, but we would see only you. And Father, we pray if there's one that doesn't know you as Lord and personal Savior, they would come to know you, that they would see a need to have a relationship with you. And Father, they would feel free to ask us on how they can know that they are born again. And we just thank you again, Father. We pray again that you get all honor, glory, and praise. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Good morning, church. God is all that we need. All that we need, he is. He is our all in all. Let's stand together and let's sing this expression of our faith, that he is our rock and he is our redeemer.
2: In my Redeemer, greatest treasure of my longing soul. My God, like you there is no other, true delight is found in you. fathom Your love exceeds the heavens reach Your truth a fountain of perfect wisdom my highest good and my unending need
1: those who will worship you in spirit and in truth. Will you see our hearts today and be pleased as we worship you? Oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Beautiful Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Oh
2: Lord, my rock and my redeemer, gracious Savior of my ruined life, my guilt and cross laid on your shoulders in my place. You suffered, bled, and died
1: God's people say
0: amen Amen. you may be seated good morning again Uh, just a few announcements Um, we still are in need of God's stories Uh, for echoes of Calvary you can call Nathan or the church office Um, I've also been told that if they want they can record these on your phone so please um, feel free to do that there's no excuse I guess now If you could do it on your phone, you could do it at home, and you don't have to come here. So feel free um, to share your God story, but not just here at Calvary Bible Church, but those listening on our broadcast weekly. Also, the church hours are still 9 to 1, Monday to Friday. Also, this Saturday is our 21st annual women's retreat. Um, This will be a Zoom event. If you have any more questions, feel free to call the church office. Also, many churches will be starting this next um, Sunday, November the 8th, and we'll be doing a study on the book of Philippians. And also, during this service, we'll be taking communion. So if you are at home and you would like to take part in this as the body of Christ together, please feel free to get water, juice, bread, crackers, whatever you have at home, to take part in communion. Now we're also going to continue in worship as we give back to the Lord and Revelation 5:12 says this: Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Let us pray. Our Father, again, we thank you. Thank you that you are a sovereign God and Father, we can trust in your plans. We know that you are in full control of all things, everything that's around us. We know that nothing is catching you by mistake. Father, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you will provide. And Father, even now as we continue in our worship, as we give back to you, Father, I pray that we would recognize that, Father, that whatever we have is yours. Father, but we also know that people are going through tough times. And Father, we pray that you would be with those, um, Father, who don't have work, who are not able to, and Father, we also pray that we, as the body of Christ, would be able to help those in need. And Father, I pray as as we give back to you right now that we'd be cheerful givers, and that you get all honor, glory, and praise. And we pray it in Jesus' name, Amen. I forgot to announce: as if you haven't been here back in the sanctuary, you will not touch the offering. By the ashes will come and just hold it in the front of you, and you can feel free to give. Your offering to them. Thank you. Yes, Jesus
1: is worthy of all honor, all glory, of all riches. Let's sing together. Thank you for the cross,
2: Lord.
1: As we sing again, thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your cleansing blood.
2: Thank you for the cross, Lord.
3: to this worthy lamb. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, you are in every way worthy, sinless, victor, courageous, sin offering and redeemer, our propitiation, the one who absorbed God's righteous wrath, the one who is to be worshiped in this life and on earth, and in the forever life in heaven, the one worshiped by angel hosts, the one who one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. And Lord, in your worthiness, we recognize that you are the Lamb, spotless, the one who has become our good shepherd and savior, gentle and meek and submitted and self-emptied, Lord. And worthy Lamb, we confess our shortcomings to you on this communion Sunday, our selfishness at times and our prayerlessness, our pride and our critical spirits, our pessimism because of our lack of faith and its hope, Oh, God, give us real sorrow for our sins. Grant to us genuine repentance from them. Lord, we have so much for wish to thank you. The Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love to us and then your love through us to others. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, your loyal love. We thank you for the precious gift of the Holy Spirit, and for the word of God, we thank you for healing and answered prayer, provision, protection, guidance, peace, faith, hope, and love. We rejoice this morning as a church family in the safe birth of baby Beretta, who was born safely to Amber and Ace, another granddaughter for Charmille and Brent Stirrup, and a great granddaughter for Alice Sands. We pray for the mothers in our assembly who will soon be delivering babies of their own, Christina Pierce and Pamela Roker, and Lord, perhaps others that we would delightfully find out later are with child. Lord, we pray for this pandemic and all that it entails. We pray for safety and the sick to be raised up. We pray for the bereaved due to COVID. We pray for our prime minister, the government, the loyal opposition. Lord, we pray for the economy to come back. We pray for our frontline workers, and we pray for their health and strength. We pray for Abaco, the Lord, in the homes that are still without electricity after Dorian. We pray for the un- and the underemployed. Lord, we pray for the US presidential election on Tuesday. We pray it would be a fair election, free from any fraud. We pray that it would be peaceful and that those voting would understand that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. We thank you for the confirmation to the Supreme Court of Judge Barrett. We pray that her understanding of the law, along with all the other Supreme Justices, would overturn Roe v. Wade. 43 million babies aborted since 1973. Lord, we pray for the bereaved who are right in our congregation. We pray for Linda and Charlene and Marcia in the home going of their mother, Thelma Darling, absent from the body and present with the Lord. Scott and Shardé Griffin, new to our church family and the passing of their precious baby Cameron, we thank you that he's with Christ. We pray for the Women's Zoom Retreat to be a blessing, Lord, The technologies would work well. We pray for our gospel witness, the sharing of our faith in this crisis pandemic time. Embolden us, Lord, with love to speak the truth. We pray for our Echoes of Calvary nationwide radio program each Sunday. Thank you for those who listen faithfully. And Lord, you know we need God's stories to be recorded to air on the radio. Oh God, raise up willing, praising, thanksgiving believers to do this ministry. Heavenly Father, we also pray for the Zoom mini-churches to start next Sunday. Bless those who participate, Lord. We pray for us as the incredible body of Christ that we would have the joy of the Lord, unity, mutual ministry. We pray for wisdom for the pastors and deacons and the decisions we must make. Lord, we pray for the safe resumption of virtual ministries in the days ahead, and we pray for the finances of this ministry. Thank you that you've always provided, and we trust that you still will. And now, Lord, as we come to the ministry of the word, we pray that you would still and quiet our hearts, that the man in the pulpit and the believers in the pew would hear the word of God and respond to it in obedience. These things we pray, Lord, in Jesus' precious name and for his sake, amen. Please take your Bibles or your devices and turn to the New Testament epistle called Hebrews. We're beginning a two-part message on chapter 10 this morning, and in this first part of chapter 10 of Hebrews, we're going to see that Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross was perfect. It was complete, not needing any addition, and not tolerating any subtraction. That sacrifice of Christ was not needing to be repeated, and it can't be repeated. It is Satisfactory entirely to God the Father to pay for your sins and mine. Today I want to see with you in this chapter the three benefits the chapter presents that evidence the superiority of Christ's sacrifice to the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament. There are going to be three benefits we're going to see very quickly in this short message. The first benefit is that Christ's sacrifice takes away sins. Please turn to chapter 10. As I said, I'm going to read the first 10 verses. For the law, since it is only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very form of things, can never, by the same sacrifices year by year, which they offer continually, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered because of the worshipers having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciences, Consciousness of sins, excuse me. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins year by year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering thou hast not desired, but a body thou hast prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast taken no pleasure then I said, behold, I have come in the roll of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. After saying above sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast not desired, nor hast thou taken pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do thy will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And so the first benefit that makes Jesus Christ's sacrifice superior to the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament is that Christ's sacrifice takes away sin. Subpoint A on this, there was a need for a better sacrifice from sin, Because at some point in the 400 years of God's prescribed animal sacrifices for the Jews in the Old Testament, those offerings had become hollow rituals. Logically, nothing temporary can usher in anything permanent. And the need to always repeat the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament showed that these sacrifices merely covered sins. They could not cleanse sins. 1 to 4 again. For the law, since it is only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very form of things, can never by the same sacrifices year by year, which they offer continually, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sins? But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins year by year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And so, under the benefit that Christ's sacrifice takes away sin, and after the point being made that there was a need for a better sacrifice for sin, subpoint B under this point is the better sacrifice was provided. And we'll be saying amen and hallelujah to that fact for all of eternity. The better sacrifice was provided, and even by the writing of the Epistle to the Hebrews and the first readers of this Epistle to the Hebrews, even by that point, obedient hearts were often missing through the animal sacrifices that were being offered. In 1 Samuel 15, verse 22, God said to those in his chosen family this, does the Lord have much delight in bird offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than a sacrifice, and to pay attention is better than the fat of rams. And then in Psalm 51, you'll recall that David and Bathsheba uh, conceived a baby in an adulterous union. And David, in his confession of the sin to God, in Psalm 51, verses 16 and 17, it says in his prayer, for you do not delight in sacrifice. Otherwise, I would give it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God, watch now, are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. God you will not despise and then the prophet isaiah in 29:13 said the same thing then the lord said because this people approaches me with their words and honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me and their reverence for me consists of the commandment of men that is taught so in the context, even to the first readers of this epistle, there was a problem with the heart, that the sacrifices that God prescribed in the Old Testament didn't solve the heart issues. And it says in 1 John 2.2 2 in the New Testament, and he himself, Christ, whom we remember at the Lord's Supper table in a moment, because he himself is the propitiation, the satisfactory payment for our sins. We come to this table, the Lord's Supper, to celebrate and to acknowledge the fact that Christ shed blood once for all is the exact required full payment for all of our sins. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so a better sacrifice has been provided Sub point three, the better sacrifice has gotten the job done. The better sacrifice has gotten the job of taking away sin and cleansing us from sin done. The believer in Christ is finally and completely set apart positionally at the moment of conversion. The moment you trust Jesus to be your savior, you are positionally in the mind of God, which is the only mind that counts. You are positionally justified and positionally sanctified. And when the Father looks upon you and me here on earth, he sees us robed in Christ's righteousness, forgiven, cleansed. And so the sin we confess when we come to the Lord's Supper is keeping our account current, keeping no kink in the garden hose of blessing between us and God. Let's go to the second benefit The first benefit was Christ's sacrifice takes away sin. The second benefit, Christ's sacrifice needs not to be repeated and in fact cannot be repeated. It says in Hebrews that Jesus Christ, after bodily resurrection, after ascension back to his father's right hand, Jesus Christ currently sat down. He is seated at the father's right hand. He is seated and he has sat down because the work of paying for sins with his sacrifice is complete. Listen to Hebrews 1 earlier in this epistle. Hebrews 1 verses 3 and 14. Listen, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways... And he said of Christ, he is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification for sins—that's a past tense—when he had made purification for sins, he sat down. If I marked my Bible, I would—I'd circle. He sat down. He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. Christ's sacrifice need not be repeated and Christ's sacrifice cannot be repeated. Basically, Christ's sacrifice is done, but the Old Testament priest's work of the animal sacrifices in the Old Testament was never done. Basically, now it's the finished work of Christ we remember. It's not the evolving work of Christ or the needs a little more work work of Christ or part one of two parts work of Christ. It's the finished work of Christ. And the finished work of Christ means that the believer in him has perfect standing before God. The saved person, you and me, if we've trusted the Lord for salvation, we can be sure that our forgiveness is whole complete, satisfactory. Verses 15 to 18 in our chapter, and the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us after saying, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, and I will put my laws upon their heart and upon their mind. I will write them and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. I mark my Bible, I would mark that. I will remember no more. Now, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. Praise the Lord. And so the first benefit of the three to Jesus' superior sacrifice is that that sacrifice takes away sin, The second benefit is that Christ's sacrifice needs not to be repeated and, in fact, cannot be repeated. And the third and final benefit of Christ's sacrifice that makes it superior to the animal sacrifices is this. Christ's sacrifice opens the way to God. The way to God for you as a believer is open, wide open. 24-7, 7-W, 365-Y. The way to God for you as a born-again believer in Christ is wide open through the sacrifice of Christ. This is presented for us in this chapter in a very long passage of verses 19 to 39. But basically, I'm going to reduce those verses this morning to this, that God gives you three gracious invitations as believers. God gives me three gracious invitations because we're believers. No Jew, including the high priest of the Jews in the Old Testament, would dare to repeatedly enter into the tabernacles, holy of holies, and yet we in this dispensation and this church age, we have the way wide open to the holy of holies in heaven. That's why the veil in the temple ripped in two at Jesus Christ's crucifixion from top to bottom to say that access is wide open for the believer in Christ what a blessing so let's see quickly these three very gracious invitations let me overview them for you I see in verse 22a an invitation to draw near I say in 23 uh, excuse me that's 22a in 23a is an invitation hold fast and Third invitation in 24a, consider one another. So three invitations that we all have from heaven. One, draw near. Two, hold fast. Three, consider one another. These are such gracious invitations. And when we take up on these invitations, we enter the very throne room of God with our prayers, petitions, supplications, worship, praise, So let's take these invitations quickly, one by one. The first invitation, Draw Near, was a call originally to the first readers of this book that uh, had clean hands and pure hearts because of faith in Christ to draw near to God through prayer and worship. Of course, that's the same invitation to Calvary Bible Church here in the sanctuary or on the internet wherever our friends are viewing it's the same invitation. God says this morning, draw near to me, draw near to me, draw near to me. And one of the ways we draw near to him is this wonderful ordinance called the Lord's Supper. But we can draw near to God in the privacy of our quiet times, in our hearts, and our minds, in our affections, and our priorities. We can draw near with clean hands and pure hearts to God. And so, by the way, When I mentioned the Lord's Supper as a time to draw near to God, there was a believer in one of the churches I pastored in Canada. And I began to notice he only came to church on Lord's Supper Sundays. And so after one such Sunday, I took him aside. I said, Ron, do I have this right that you only show up to praise and worship God with your church family on communion Sundays? That's right. He said, that's not right. That's forsaking the assembling of yourself together with those of like precious faith all the other Lord's days. I had to chastise him in holy chastisement, rebuke him, admonish him to do the right thing, and come to worship God with his church family on all the Lord's days that weren't Lord's Supper Sundays. Amazing what people can think is okay. And so we should come to God with clean hands and pure hearts all the time, when we go to school, when we go to work, when we go to Super Value or Fresh Market or Solomon's. We should come with clean hands and pure hearts when we deal with our mates and our children and our grandchildren, our foster children. We should come to God with clean hands and with pure hearts when we conduct our business. All our Christian lives should be drawing near, nearer and nearer and nearer to God. The second invitation to you and me is hold fast. Originally, this was an invitation to the first readers of the Hebrews not to go back to Judaism. Remember, we said they were under persecution for believing in Christ in the first century, losing homes and families and livelihoods. And they were tempted to go back to Judaism to try to take the pressure off them for being Christ followers. And so the first readers were invited by God to hold fast to your newfound faith in Christ. Don't bail out. Don't go back to Judaism. And now we have the temptation when we go to University of Bahamas lectures not to hold fast about evolution, about abortion, about the word of God being scripture. We have temptations now to go back and not to hold fast about ethics in the workplace, taking a high road of obedience to God when all your coworkers say you should take a low road and take advantage of your employer. We all are tempted to not hold fast, but the first invitation to the first readers, hold fast, applies to you and me. Hold fast to what you know the Bible teaches. Don't apologize for it. Don't back up from it. Don't water it down. Don't excuse yourself from it. Hold fast. The third invitation is to consider one another. They were told to consider one another in the context of not forsaking assembling themselves together. They were to consider one another. My wife grew up in a pastor's home. You probably know that if you've heard me preach anytime. time. And one time she went to Pioneer Girls as a girl in the church. And one, one uh, Wednesday night she said, Daddy, I don't, I don't want to go to Pioneer Girls tonight. He said, Why, Beth? Because I know everything they teach me. Now, his answer was interesting. He said, Beth, I believe you do know everything they teach you, because I've taught you. But you're not going for you. You're going for the leaders that prepared a lesson, and you're going for the other girls in your group to be an encouragement, to be, to be a blessing. That takes a whole new spin on things, doesn't it? So when you elect whether you'll come to public worship, you're not thinking about, will I get anything out of it? Will I get out in time? Will this inconvenience? No. (laughs) I'm going to worship God and to praise God, and in the course of doing that, I want to encourage other believers. Consider one another. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together is the expression in the body of Christ called Calvary Bible Church. Now, I want to say something that may not be popular. Let me just tell you, it might not be popular. Fasten your seat belts. Someone suggests that the evangelical church in the West used to look at making an effort to regularly go to church worship services. As routine unless something serious came up. But now, too many Christians look at missing regular church worship services as their routine unless something serious comes up. What would be serious to cause a person who excuses themselves from church worship services, mostly? What would they consider serious enough to come out to a church service? And I'm not talking about the pandemic. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a general rule of life. I'm not talking about the viewers on the internet doing anything wrong. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when this is said and done, the choice to come to in-sanctuary worship. Before, it used to be, you had to have a good reason why you wouldn't. Now you have to have a good reason why you would. And you say, what would good reasons if some Christians decide they come to church? Well, I've seen it all. Christmas, New Year's, Easter, Mother's Day. A personal crisis. The Lord's Supper like Ron in the second church I pastored. Children or grandchildren singing or acting in a play. See what I'm saying? It used to be properly that believers saw as routine assembling with other believers every Lord's Day, unless something serious prevented it. But now in too many quarters, not assembling together with one's brothers and sisters in Christ is seen as routine, unless something serious that they're interested in comes. May we not be a church like that. God help us. Jesus Christ's sacrifice is superior to the Old Testament animal sacrifices. Benefit one, that sacrifice takes away sin. Benefit two, that sacrifice needs not to be repeated and cannot be repeated. And benefit three, Christ's sacrifice opens the way to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the superior sacrifice of your Son. And now, Lord, as we come to the Lord's table, may we do so with yielded, gladsome obedience and worship. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. This table is set for us. In our context, it's set uh, once a month, the first Sunday of the month. Uh, We set the table with bread that is a symbol of Jesus Christ's sinless life. We set the table with uh, juice as a picture of his um, shed blood. Hopefully on your way into the sanctuary this morning, you got a little uh, packet that has both a wafer of bread and a cup of grape juice. Just in case you haven't worked with this before, there's two layers to peel. You peel the top layer off carefully, and then you get to the bread. And then when it comes time to partake of the cup, you pull a second layer lid off to have the cup. I want to remind us that this is a time by design of God having... The opportunity to search our lives for any unconfessed sin. If you have confessed sin to the Lord, then it's forgiven. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we're not talking about him to show us sins we've already confessed and turned from. We're asking him in these quiet moments, as we get the elements uh, ready, to show us any unconfessed sin. We could have unconfessed sin by being stubborn, and rationalizing the sin as our pet little sin, and we don't think God will mind. Or we could have unconfessed sin because we had a bad attitude outside the building before we walked in. We can have unconfessed sin, but differentiate between what is unconfessed sin, that needs confession in this time, saying the same thing about it that God does, versus previously confessed sin that has been forgiven. By the blood of Christ. So we're going to uh, remember these things. We're also going to remember that this table uh, this is set in your hands this way, um, for born-again believers in Christ who are not perfect, but who are redeemed. It is for the family of God, whether you're at home or here in the sanctuary. If you know Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you're invited to this table. But if you don't know him yet, we invite you not to partake and observe the testimony to saving faith of those around you who will. And that's not a scolding. That's an opportunity for you to think about where you are with Jesus and ask him to be your Lord and Savior by faith. And then next month, joyfully partake of the elements because you're saved. Let's pray. Lord, we bow in your presence knowing we are always in your presence. You know all things, Lord, about each one of us. You know the sins that we have committed and we have confessed to you as sin because you've forgiven them and forgotten them, not because you get amnesia, but because you choose not to remember to hold them against us anymore. Lord, for some, there may be sin that we're aware of now that we have not yet confessed. Maybe we've been hiding it. Maybe we've been explaining it away. Maybe we've been delaying and procrastinating. May these moments be moments of individual and silent confession of those sins. Sins of thought, sins of word, sins of deeds. Here are our silent and individual prayers of confession. Lord Jesus, thank you that for these sins you've died, the just for the unjust, that your unique Atoning, sin-paying-for blood was shed on that cross. The blood that keeps on cleansing us from all sin. Lord, may this time of partaking be a time of not only confessing and receiving forgiveness, but a time of worship and a time, Lord, of you instructing us by the still, small voice of your Spirit in the impressions of our heart, what you want us to do. Money we need to repay. Persons we need to ask for their forgiveness. Whatever it is, Lord. Speak to us in the impressions upon our hearts as to how to live righteously coming out of this service. Lord, we want to honor you. We want to glorify you in all things. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Taking the bread together. For I received from the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Wait so everybody's able to get to their cups. In the same way, he took the cup also when he had supped, saying, This covenant is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim or preach the Lord's death until he comes. Thank you, Lord. Worthy is the Lamb.
1: What a precious time we have to come together as God's people and remember the great sacrifice of our Lord. I hope we do not take that privilege for granted. Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread we break a sharing in the body of Christ? Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one bread. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 16 and 17. We are one body in Christ. And as an expression of that oneness, we receive on the first Lord's Day of each month a benevolent offering to assist our brothers and sisters in the Lord who might be in need of financial help Many are hurting during this time and God has given some of us more to be able to assist those who are in need. And so as an expression of this one body, we want to give. And so as we sing our closing uh, song, as we prepare to do that, there's also an option to give online to the same account that the general offering is given to, those who want to give online you might have not come prepared to give uh, tangibly. You can also uh, find uh, the information on the church's website if you go to our website under resources, the resources tab you can see where that information is for online giving. And just put in the memo section of your uh, transaction page, benevolent offering. All right, We really appreciate that. As we do that at this time, we're going to sing our closing medley. Blessed be the tie with bind us together.
4: Bless
2: be the tie that binds our. Heart.
1: Let's all stand together as we sing bind us together
4: bind
0: Let's go to the Lord's benediction and it says in Romans 15, 5 and 6, it says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one accord, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. We ask that you dismiss if you're on the left side Did you go this door here. If you are in the center, that you would go on the left door to the back. And if you are on the right side, that you would go out the right rear door. Thank you. And may you go as the Lord has instructed us to be a light that shines bright for him.